Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. You don't understand. This is a liar. How can you think that I'm her dad, but we both look exactly the same age? We do not look the same age. I was being kind. Wait, I'm going to hypnotize him. I hereby christen this mutton Barbie camper. Priscilla, queen of the desert. Hello, and welcome back to this last review of Our Flag Means Death Series 1, or Season 1 if you're American. <laughs> 10 episodes, 3 guests. It has been a wild journey aboard the USSR Tam Tam. Now, before we get into the main review, I just wanted to take a moment to listen back to some highlights from previous episodes. Hi, I'm Sasha. Hello, uh, I am Alan, Alan Wood. Uh, I am a special guest, apparently. But if I was a monster and a rich one, I'd take a plane. Or a bus. It's been lovely to have you aboard Sponge's pleasure yacht. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that doesn't sound dodgy. I'm still Googling. It'll come to me as soon as you've Googled. You know that, don't you? Um, I'm just going to insert some lovely hold music while I Google. To the Department for Work and Pensions, this is a free call. This number is for benefit inquiries only. Okay, I've Googled them and it's taken. Oh, 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 I'm going now. I'm going. Are are you (laughs) sure you don't want to stop me? Yeah. uh, I'm in the boat now. A sandwich? No, I don't want a sandwich. No, it's (laughs) like, like, yeah. Any time, you can, you, you can, you can... I'll come back, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's my mobile number. (laughs) (laughs) And Ed's like, he just crinkles it up and drops it in the water. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be staying at my mum's. To discuss this last episode of Series 1, not my Series 1, Series 1 of Our Flag Means Death, this is Series 2 of Pop Goes the Tam Tam. (laughs) Don't get it twisted. Oh, you've already heard them. (laughs) That's right. I'm joined one final time by a very special guest. Announce yourself, special guest. Hello, it's Tamsin's mum. That's right. It might be a bit confusing, the pronunciation there, but Tamsin's mum is back. (laughs) She is back and she is on board. And we are going to float this to victory. So I have to say, I am feeling totes emosh. Me too, yeah. Because for me, when I started doing this, I was completely awful. I was tongue-tied. <laughs> no, yes, no. I was. I was tongue-tied. I was like a rabbit in the headlights in the beginning. And as time's gone on, I've not. I've really looked forward to doing them. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. And I've also enjoyed watching this series. It's been really good fun. Well, you have been the highlight of this particular series everybody loves you so i get messages about when you're going to be on the show again thank you for giving up your time to be involved it's it's been 10 weeks i know it's It's crazy (laughs) and now it's coming to an end so let's get into it let's get into the episode so let's start with the beginning of the episode which is Mary and the kids. Yeah. A widow's life isn't nearly as bad as it's made out to be. (laughs) 
The children have adjusted to the loss of their father far better than expected. And I find myself growing in ways I never before thought possible. And their whole new lease on life that Steed being away has given them. And I feel like it resonates. Re- resonated with us very it strongly. <laughs> yes, it did. But it was just nice to see Mary self-actualise in that way. Yeah. And being happy and the kids were happy and this new wonderful life she's built for herself being creative. It's it's really very nice. I have to say, though, I felt like it was the least surprising part because I totally knew that Mary would pull it all together without Steed around. Yeah, because all the way through she's been, even though she was thrown this horrible marriage, mm. she sort of had the the sense to find a way through it Yeah, and try and be positive and keep him positive. Yeah. At that time, she said, you know, I don't hate this life. Mm. Even though she wasn't prepared to say, I love this life. Mm. But she didn't hate it no. the way he did. Yeah. So she, she could find her way through yeah. this situation. and Which shows that she's got a very capable mind and she's very pragmatic. Mm. And I think those sort of people are often survivors. I agree. I agree. And Bloomer's in this case. Cause... Oh, absolutely. She was just living her best life. I loved how her art had changed so it much. It blossomed. Yeah. When he said, uh, you've got a lot of painters here. And she said, no, they're all mine. Yeah. And you knew that that was, yeah, because she'd had the time and, and she was happy. Yeah. And she was trying new things as well. I also want to talk about how her style had changed. Because to me, it felt like she was dressing in the... 18th century version of a working woman's look of today i hadn't thought of that but absolutely she even had the sort of prototype tie yeah and you know a shirt that she was wearing and a waistcoat yeah business i thought it was very interesting that her clothes kind of lined up more with blackbeard that's a good point i noticed that too like if you were going to do a female blackbeard then you could sort of imagine with some leather touches that what Mary was actually wearing would be what a female Blackbeard would wear. Mm. And it was really interesting. And whereas Blackbeard and Steed don't fit together, but they do fit together, Mary and Steed don't fit together at all. at all. No. And I thought it was a lovely visual to say how far she's come where we've talked about in previous episodes how close their colour palette was and how their clothes were very much a partnership. They felt like that is the husband and that is the wife. In their clothes, you believe that they are a couple. Yeah. And this totally stepped away from that. Definitely. And the clothes for her are not important. What's important is her work. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was really, really nice. It was, yeah. Nice bit of detail. Yeah, yeah. And I love we got some more characters that were just Mary's characters. Yeah, like her ladies. Yeah, her ladies. Doug. Doug, yes, Doug. I'm glad she's got Doug. Yeah, I'm glad she's got Doug. What can you say? (laughs) I love the bit when um, uh, Steve came back and they're all in the drawing room having tea and she says hello my love and she stands up and the, her cup and saucer yeah and then she vomits yeah it's just 
Oh, yeah, so humiliating. You just really feel for her in that moment because she's talking about, you know, self-actualization. Wish I could. She's she's trying to help her friend come to terms with things and he comes back and it's revealed to be a sham, mm. you know. So you've got multi-layers. You've got the fact that she never wanted to see him again. You've got the fact that he's walked in and humiliated her and exposed her as a bit of a liar to her friends. And also, she's now not a widow. Will she be welcome in the friendship group? Exactly. Question mark. Well, we know she will be. (laughs) Do you think that he believed that he would be welcomed back with open arms? Yeah, I think that he thought they'd fall apart without him. Interesting. I got that vibe. I got the vibe that he thought he would go back and it would just be like as if he'd never left. Mm. That they would almost be waiting for him. To return. Yeah, which just shows you again. The the, delusion of the man. Yeah, and the depth of his self-centeredness. I know, it's quite horrible. He is. I've got to say, I've said this from day one. If this was not a character played by Reese Darby, it would be a villain. Yeah, it would. It's just Reese Darby's so marvellous. Now, going back to what we were saying about Mary's friends, I wanted to give a special shout-out to Kirsten... No, it's Kristen. I always get Kirsten and Kristen confused. Too similar. Yeah. (laughs) We've just defended all the Kirstens and Kristens. Johnson, who played the widow Evelyn Higgins. Now, we know her from Third Rock from the Sun, which I was totally obsessed with as a kid. She was your favourite. She was my favourite. I completely loved that show. And whenever I see her, I'm always like, this is going to be good. She came in, she had an eye patch, she had a jungle cat. Your favourite thing. My favourite line was Murder is the Natural Cause. (laughs) It would have been so much better if he'd really died. I can make that happen. Just let me know. I'm sorry? Remember, my Marcus was the undertaker. He was so lazy, he would report every death as natural causes. Murder's a natural cause. I was so dying for this. And I loved how how supportive she was for Mary. Yeah. She was like, you're killing her. (laughs) And when he turned up, she really wanted to have a fight with him. Yeah. I loved it. I really loved that. The fact that you had this character who was so supportive of her friend. I thought it was really, really amazing. I loved it. It it elevated the comedy level right up there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because by separating Steed from the main story and then having him go back, you could have lost the the sort of a thread of humour there. Yeah. Because he's separate, he's with Mary, they've got marriage trials, his kids hate him, etc, etc. But it's remained funny. Yeah. By they brought in these other characters and it stayed funny. I would argue my favourite stuff was the home stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very funny. And that it played really well against what was going on back at the ship. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, because it's, you could just genuinely, without, without a bit of a worry, have a good chuckle. Yes. And I want to say as well, we kind of saw, no, I'm not kind of, we saw some great acting from Reese Darby. It was quite astounding the I, way he changed gear. 
I was so surprised. I mean, we've both watched him since the old Flight of the Concord days. And we knew he was funny. We're unabashed fans. We're unabashed fans. Uh, Whenever we see anything that he's in, we watch it. But I was genuinely surprised. Because I was surprised by the fact that what he did with his voice when he came back, he dropped an octave. And I also was really surprised by how menacing he was. Yeah, came out of nowhere and it was it was convincing when he... It was convincing. With Doug. Yeah, with Doug and also when he was in the bar. Oh, God, yeah. The pub and he was talking about... I've seen death. I've seen... I've been the cause of death. I've seen death. I've been the cause of death. It changes you. Forever. The guy who he was talking to was unnerved by this he blanched didn't he yeah he did he was genuinely he didn't see that coming no. nobody did no because it's such a sort of juxtaposition to the the steed you sort of get and then there's this part of it that you've never seen before yeah yeah well i think it shows what's happened to him while he's been at sea mm. it's not all just been fun he has actually been the cause of people's death. Yeah, because we saw the flashbacks to... Yeah, to both the, 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 the badminton twins. And the, yeah. yeah, the badminton twins. I mean, we're hoping they're going to be triplets, let's be real, but, you know. <laughs> I love that, the badminton twins. Sounds like a court case, doesn't it? <laughs> if it was in America, it'd be like the state versus, versus the yeah. badminton twins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah i thought it was genuinely i thought he was genuinely good and you kind of tracked his progression through the wide-eyed optimism that he would come back and everything would be fine and he wouldn't have to deal with what had happened to the depression where not, he came back and nothing was fine and nobody wanted him and he knew he'd made a terrible mistake and the loneliness and wanting to get back to Ed to this he kind of came through it and became this better person mm. yeah because the, when they have the conversation on the bed about finding love yeah when it's all they've decided to to take this course of action I thought that was really very good and I thought the writing was excellent. I thought the writing was excellent. I also thought it was filmed really well because they both looked great. They had like, I don't know what they had done makeup wise, but they both had like this glow about them. Yeah, they were highlighted, weren't they? Yeah. It was, was, yeah. But it was the transformation and the realisation for Steed. They could be happy. Yeah. And I love when she holds him yeah you know so affectionate and nice it was and i want to say i don't think they're friends steed and mary at the end of this however more than them not being friends i think that they finally respect each other yeah i think he respects her for the first time ever and she has found some respect for him because when they drive along in the carriage to to, to do the deed the, yeah they're actually talking to one another for the first time ever yeah and they're talking like equals exactly and it it, it kind of made it kind of made me a little bit sad because it, you know i thought that too i thought oh if only you could have done this before and made a marriage because there's obviously something there that, that you could talk or at least be friends or something but no that's never going to happen now is it no 
And I mean, do you want two people who don't want to be together trapped in a marriage? You don't want that. No. You know, but I just kind of thought as parents, it's a shame that we're not going to get steed in the kids' lives because them in that carriage showed what a powerhouse they could be as a mum and dad. Yeah. Besides, everyone's had a go at killing me but me. I'd like a shot. And you're sure you want to renounce all claim to your family's wealth? You don't want anything. Not a cent. Although she constantly had to be checking yeah. where he was leading them <laughs> or what they were doing or why they were so quiet. And I want to also turn to something, which is Alma Bonnet. Now, I've discussed Alma Bonnet with Sasha and now I'm going to talk about Alma Bonnet with you. Do we think that half of the petrified orange is going to come back? Because I do. I didn't. As soon as you mentioned it, I thought, yes, it will. Well, I think if you wanted to perhaps age the character up, age Alma up to be a teenager, maybe a stowaway, and she's got this half of the petrified orange, and then we know that it's Alma. Yeah, so she can say, look, yeah, I've got my half, have you got yours? Yeah, yeah. So I think maybe if 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 they get a season three, then... Alma Bonnet returns. I would love to see that. Mm. Yeah, I would love to see that. Hopefully that happens. HBO, bring Alma Bonnet in as the main character. Let her half the petrified orange be part of a stowaway story. And also that she's a really petulant (laughs) teenager and Steve has to deal with her and maybe she gets on better with Blackbeard. I know. Just take that on board. told me i think it's pretty sick actually in a good way i mean one was much happier when you were gone yeah oh it's just the orange i figured if i split it in half and you could keep one and i could keep the other that's perfect i love the i love the laurel and hardy Buster, Buster Keaton type set up for the for the death. Well, yeah. I mean, before we get back on board the ship, let's just finish up yeah, with. No. First of all, I want to say I wish we got more in town because the in town set looked amazing. It was good for the for the short amount of time we'd actually spent in town. I would have liked to have spent longer in town because they they put the work in for it. You're right. We both were getting shades of Roadrunner. For the yes. death. And I love that for Steve because that feels very much, yes, that tracks. Roadrunner style death. <laughs> yeah, we both loved it. I love Ned the Jungle Cat. That's my favourite character of this episode, Ned the Jungle Cat. And I kind of hope, no, we'll never see Ned again, sadly. He came but... out and he said, <laughs> he said, the creature's not to blame. <laughs> I love it was just so funny. It was so funny. It was overkill with the death, but that was just so wonderful. And it was so him. And I loved how he had that friend from the pub who was like, you can fight it off, Steed. He <laughs> was right or die. <laughs> Still alive. I thought that whole interaction, though, was really cute because this that guy came up to him and said, we used to go to, well, he said elementary, elementary school, but over here it would be primary, primary school. And you think, oh, that guy's liked you since primary school. 
you've mentioned the ship. Let's climb aboard. Oh. I like to say misery tower, oh. but this is more like misery ship. That beard is in fine spirits this morning and he sends his regards. He's still a, a tad under the weather, but he will be back amongst us soon. So he's, he's sick but doing well is the news? Exactly, yes. And um, in the meantime, maybe you could, you know... Polish things or the deck. There were lots of stuff going on on board, so let's unpack some of it. Okay. The first thing I really loved was the fact that in the beginning, Izzy seemed so nonplussed as to how to, to deal with this situation. So it kind of left you thinking, what is going on in the cabin? What kind of state is Ed in that Izzy's like cannot be dealing with it? <laughs> Because he did. He looked genuinely... Concerned. Yeah, he did. And the fact that he needed Lucius... To swear on his life that he wouldn't tell anyone what he saw. Yeah, but that he needed him. Yeah. You know? And I think it was the first time that you kind of got a sense that if he had to pick someone in the crew who wasn't Blackbeard to help him with something, it probably would be Lucius. Yeah, because when he went overboard, he did... And Blackbeard had come back to himself as horrible Blackbeard. Yeah. He said, do you want the scribbler? Yeah. It, it. I thought that was very interesting because you kind of would think it would be Olawande, but no. And also... I don't think he's ever noticed Olawande. No, I don't think he has. But I would say there's been this back and forth between Izzy and Lucius the whole time. Yeah. And the fact that Lucius isn't intimidated by Izzy is really interesting and I just thought that whole thing was just fascinating I mean in a room full of mad people you choose the only other person that seems to be on your level (laughs) now let's talk about Blackbeard's depression oh dear because he's sunk really far hasn't he he's regenerated Uh, no what's he's regenerated reverted to being a well no i don't think he has reverted because i don't think he's ever been that depressed when he's in the blanket for i don't think he's ever opened himself up and allowed himself to feel that sort of misery before so he's always bottled it up yeah and he's finally let it out and i thought it was very interesting because you know he he does his song and then he's like, should I just call up, curl up in a ball and die? And I loved how Lucius was... Teased out with yeah, his feelings. Yeah, he did. And he kind of treated him like a child. I thought it was some nice acting between Nathan Frode and Taika Waititi. Mm. Taika Waititi, we've seen it when he was in the bath. He kind of reverts back to this childlike state and I liked the fact that Lucius was talking to him as if he was a child but not patronising he he had that tone of like counsellor yeah warm acceptance do you think it might not be a death you know and it yeah and I liked the way he kind of worked through that bit with him Mm. that enabled Ed to come out of the cabin and start singing with <laughs> with the crew. You hate it, don't you? My God, hate is such a strong, 
and wrong word. But I'm wondering, um, what's happening in the song? Why are you hanging on? No, that's not about me. It's someone else holding on. Yeah. Someone entirely fictional. And this fictional character is having a hard time. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's best he just lets go. You mean just curl up and do a ball and die? What if it's not a dare? What if life just begins again? I didn't see this the first time, but on second viewing, what I saw was he's almost trying to become Steve. He's almost trying to... Not only is he wearing his dressing gown, but he's trying to do his mannerisms. He's trying to be Steed, which is really interesting. I think that's really interesting psychology. Yeah, very much so. Because he, I just don't even know how to unpack that, if I'm honest. No. He feels so lost without him that he's trying to become him. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really... I, uh, it's bizarre. I wish I had better articulation. <laughs> well, it's, it's one of those things you, unless you're a psychologist, you could possibly understand, really, could you? No. Sorry, I mean, you could understand it on a level you're watching it, so you think, yeah, he's trying to be this other person that you miss. But he feels the loss so much mm. that... But then, I mean, he's obviously never had anyone... No. ...that he connected with from the time of murdering his father or has he ever had anyone he connected with other than his mum good point Mm. you know because he seems to have had quite a warm relationship with his mother but that would make his life be incredibly lonely well i think that's what this is isn't it it's incredibly lonely if you found someone and then you lost them i mean that sort of grief because it's grief yeah would be almost unsupportable i would imagine yeah, I mean, you do see it, don't you? You know, he, he just completely, yeah, he tries to become Steed. When he comes out of that cabin, he does the song and then he's starting to tidy up. He is doing Steed. Yeah. I mean, no, we won't put it like that. He is trying to become oh, yeah. <laughs> like Steed. Well, it makes him feel more comfortable. It makes him feel like he's not completely gone. Yes. Yes, but again, this is just a this is just a temporary coping. Yeah, yeah. That brings us to the next point of the episode, which is he goes back to what he knows. He has that moment in the cabin with Izzy, and Izzy threatens him. I think Izzy, in his own way, is pining for Blackbeard. Oh, and and that's yeah, goes without saying. He wants him back as much as Blackbeard wants Steve back. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because he's like, he's got that book and he's like looking at it. And then he's looking at him and he's looking at the book. Yeah, and he and, tears the page out. Yeah. And, and he wh- goes absolutely mental. And when he says it's it's a fate worse than death, I don't think he means, I mean, he I know he, in his head, he thinks he means, I wish the British had killed you. 
but I because to put you out of this misery but I think what he really means is to put me out of this misery of having to watch you that's a good point and not ever because their connection is gone in his mind even though it appears as if Ed still wants a relationship with Izzy like he is still his second in command and there's no question of that but for Izzy that's gone their relationship has ceased yeah, because it doesn't work like that with real people, does it? You might be able to change into this, that or the other, but there's no saying that anybody else could do that. Yeah, and I would also say it goes back to that toxic friend trope that we've talked about. Mm. You know, Izzy is a toxic friend. He's one of those people who wants you to stay single or wants you to keep paying exorbitant rents to live in London because they do and as long as you're still there then that makes them feel better about their life not being great toxic friends I think that's a, a perfect yeah I, I he is he's a really toxic friend yeah he doesn't care anything for Ed no all. I mean I think he does in his mind I think he thinks it he is, does yes yeah but, but in reality really, no. no because it's got caveats as long as you are like this we'll be friends don't if you change we won't be friends anymore but there's another question actually and that is why would he want to continue in that the life of pirating which is dangerous and cruel when he had an opportunity not to do that well, I think we've seen this again and again throughout this series. We we had it with Jim going back to the revenge plot. And we also saw Steed run home. Yeah. So there's a constant circle. Yeah, a constant theme of people going back to what they know. Mm. And it's easier. You know, it's easier to go back to revenge. It's easier to go home. Not I mean, navigate the way. I think the only one that breaks that chain is Jim because they make peace in the previous episode yeah. with, you know, hunting down all those members that killed their family. Mm. And then they decide to put themselves first mm. and go back to Walla One Day. Yeah. And we see their romance blossom because they choose themselves and, and the person that they've fallen in love with. We see that. However... We, we kind of see that again with Steve, so maybe we're going to see it with Ed. But there has I, been I, a circle, yeah. a, a, a circular theme of people basically going back to what they knew, what was easiest. You know, when the chips are dying, you go home. And home to Ed, as much as he hates Blackbeard, is Blackbeard. That is his home. That is the one constant, the one fixed mark that has seen him through all of his trouble, mm. you know? And it's interesting, he has a choice because Izzy, yes, has just threatened him and given him that warning, but he's just one man. The crew above are singing out his name and they're calling Ed, Edward, Ed, you know? And we've already seen that they were prepared to tie Izzy to uh, anchor and throw him overboard. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be on his side. He doesn't need to be threatened by Izzy. But, but it's not think, about that, is it? No, I, I think it's the fact that because of the trauma he went through as a kid, he's just he just performs all the time yeah. for 
whoever it is that he thinks he should perform for. He doesn't know who he is. Not at all. He doesn't know who he is. I wonder if that is the journey for series two. Could be. Find out who you are, you know. Yeah, because everybody else so far seems to have almost got there or got there. Yeah. He's the only one that is completely lost. And I would also say you can't expect somebody else to pull you into the light. He can't expect Steed to do this for him. He has to do it himself. And we've already seen that when the chips are down, he's not there yet. He just went back to what he knew. It was easy. To make the change, he has to make the change for himself. He cannot be making the change for steed he has to make it for himself and he has to make it permanently would you i mean do you think it would be possible for someone like that to have any sort of self-realization because i think it's possible for people to have self-realization at any stage of their life and i think anybody is possible to have this as well at what point in his life was he real well he he can become real though that's the thing he can become real he started he he was starting but then he kind of tried to subsume steed into himself which was just another coping mechanism so we've yet to see him fully try to change not because he wants steed's approval or his love or that he wants anyone's approval or love the only person he should really want the approval of is himself he should want to be able to look at himself in the mirror and go okay that's me which he can't do yeah i think you're right i think that's going to be the journey Mm. yeah and it can't be for steed it has to be for him yeah you know so so let us there were actually quite a few scary bits in this though there were yeah i mean let's just talk about poor lucius i know it was horrible it was really upsetting i was really upset i kept thinking oh maybe he's clung on to something or someone's chucked him a rope but no well i think there's a theory that he that there are other secret passages in the ship and he somehow got into one i i wonder if I wonder if he's actually in the boat with Steed now. Like maybe Steed found him floating around in the water and put him in the boat. I do wonder if that's going to be the joke. He like pops up in the back. I don't think that they would kill Lucius like this because I think it would be too hard to then rehabilitate Ed. So I do wonder if Lucius is still alive. But as it stands at the moment... He's technically dead. Mm. And it was really distressing. Brutal. It was horrible. You could hear him begging for his life and drowning. And it was just like, whoa. But yet again, the show has has showed that it's not afraid to go there. No. It, 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 yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I just hope they find some way back for Lucius. Because he is, You, I missed him. Yes. You know. I really did. I missed him when he wasn't there. He was very, and he was always very funny. He was really funny. Now, let's lean a little bit into dark side. the dark side. I love how you whispered that. <laughs> it was very creepy. Let's lean a little bit into the choices of who stayed and who got marooned. Mm. So Blackbeard via Izzy decides to maroon part of the crew. And the crew members that stay are Jim 
and Frenchie. Yep. I just want to say how frightening that was. <gasps> I know that Jim can look after themselves, but I felt even Jim was at a loss of what was going on or how to react. And I've said it before on the pod, I just think it's so sinister when, when Blackbeard says to them, I've been watching you, you're a real specimen. That Yeah, and then and they laughed. And I think the worst part of that is that some part of Blackbeard has been operating this entire time and also that they view Jim simply as a tool. Yeah. You're a good assassin, I'm going to keep you and I'm going to make you kill people for me. And the emphasis on make is it's I'm make. make you. Yeah. yeah. And actually when we get into the make part, I was surprised that they didn't keep Olawande around for leverage. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I really think that Jim deeply loves Olawande and would probably do anything for them. If you want Jim to do something, just threaten Olawande. They will do it. Jim's got nothing left to lose. But they do now. For the first time, they have something to lose, which is Olawande. Yeah. And I was surprised that they didn't keep Olawande around. However... Part of me is also not surprised because Olawande is really the, the heart of everything. He he yeah. is the central point of the of the crew. He is the level-headed one. He is the one with the brain cell. He is the one that interprets everything What's that Steve on? does and, you know, breaks it down for the crew. And like you say, yeah. So having someone like Olawande on Would board is probably not. No, because they could destabilise the whole thing. And, obviously, alongside Jim, we also got Frenchie. And I just thought, when Frenchie walks in the room and he sees Jim on the floor, and he immediately is like, oh, okay, so something's gone down here. (laughs) Yeah, he did. But I wanted to bring up a couple of things. So like the wind. (laughs) I want to bring up a couple of things. The first thing is... Fang is drinking, which we've never seen before, you know. Yeah, Fang was... Uh, Fang was off his tick. He was, yeah. <laughs> he was. And the other thing is that horrible laugh they did with Frenchie. When they laughed so sinister around him and you just got the vibe Ooh. that he was thinking, oh my God, I'm trapped in a nightmare. Yeah. And I'm completely alone. Because Jim's, Jim's not available to help. No. And also, I mean, Jim is such a badass that they were able to get, you know, knock them out. Yeah. Is, that would be incredibly concerning as well. When you saw uh, Jim waking up. Yeah. And that pirate's there. Ivan. Yeah. Oh, it's Ivan. Yeah. That was horrible. Yeah. Well, yeah. And we know that Jim's been in a situation That's like exactly this before. What I yeah. Thought. Yeah. So, the rest of the crew were marooned and i loved what their party pieces were going to be can we try and work out what some of them were so ola had a had a snake on a a piece of rope that he was pretending was a snake on a stick yeah not quite sure what he what the performance there was (laughs) we also had more puppetry from that's yeah puppetry yeah we had puppetry from swede juggling well yeah <laughs> i mean roach was gonna juggle but i don't think he could do it that well and 
what was what was Black Pete? Was he going to do a soliloquy? I can't even put my teeth in. There we go. That's the word. Thank you for my pronunciation guide. I felt he was going to do a bit of acting with accents. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but we had Buttons was going to do his tone. <laughs> but I just wonder in the whole scheme of this, how any of it was going to fit together. <laughs> and I would have loved to have seen it. The I would show, have loved yeah. to have seen the show. I also love the fact that on board Steed's ship are things like those batons that people juggle with. That feels clubs. like... Yeah, clubs, that's it. <laughs> that feels like he's come prepared for any eventuality. Should we need a juggler? We have the the stick things. <laughs> They're also for keep fit. Okay. 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 I mean, you're from the past, so... <laughs> I just felt really sorry for them. I also thought it was really interesting that Black Peach, who has never ever shown any sort of intuition, was the first one to think that it was taking too long. Yeah. And And not Olawande. No. And it looks like they're preparing to leave. Well, that was Olawande's line. Yeah. Yeah. But no one had noticed or thought about it. They were just doing their own thing yeah Yeah. but i thought it was really interesting that pete was thinking about that and i do wonder if he was worried because they can't find Lucius. yes so there's like some higher level brain had clicked in (laughs) and finally pete is thinking survival mode and he's thinking hang on this don't feel right (laughs) but the callousness in which Ed dispatched Lucius, and now he's dispatched the crew. It just really speaks to what an absolute bastard he is. Yeah, I mean, we thought Blackbeard was bad before, but I get the feeling that 2.0 Blackbeard is going to be something that even Izzy doesn't want. No, because he said he's back to his old self. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. Because he did look quite... They weren't going fast enough doing the tasks that he'd assigned to them and he seemed very concerned. Yeah. I mean I just I don't I don't think Blackbeard has gone back to himself. I think that he has now hit a level where he just wants to die. Mm. And he'll take everybody with him. Mm. And Izzy doesn't want to die. No. Izzy wants things to be how they used to be. He doesn't want this. This is not he what he wants. This coming, did he? No, not at all. I think, and it's be careful what you wish for. Yeah, it is. You know that monkey's paw. Yeah, and I do wonder if series two we could have a situation where things are so bad that Izzy actually has to try and find Steed to help him deal with Blackbeard. Yeah, because that would be incredible. A team up with Izzy and Steed. All that would go along with that, the the arguments, the 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 ramifications, chaos. the chaos, but having to work together because the person that they care about is losing their mind. I mean, I would love to see it. <laughs> yeah, he's coming to a death spiral, isn't he? Yeah, he just wants to burn the world down now because... Everyone's going to suffer. 
Yeah, and I thought it was really interesting how he had to eradicate. He'd gone from having to swathe himself in everything to do with Steed to then having to eradicate anything to do with Steed, mm. apart from that picture. The lighthouse. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was interesting. And the final shot of Blackbeard was him crying alone in the cabin and mm. it kind of told you ed's still in there he's he's still there he's just captive. deep cover mm. yeah he's now the captive of blackbeard yeah you know and i think it was bad before i think he felt like he was a captive but this actually is now he's in prison with this persona mm. he can't get away from it so this is what that means now. He's chained to Blackbeard. He cannot get away. No. All of that stuff he said about, I could just fly the flag. This actually, this is the reality. You can't. No. This is the reality now. You're trapped with this persona. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's going to be incredible. I think so too. To see how this all turns looking out. Looking forward to it. I am really looking forward to it. Now, I think we've talked about everything there's possible to talk about for this episode. I think so too. So it just remains for us to say, what is your final rating? Of the whole series? Or... Well, let's do this episode first and then let's do the full episode. Like, I'm going to give this an eight. The, yeah, okay. And then the full series? Uh, I think seven. Seven. That's interesting. That is very solid. And I know how you feel about comedies. You like them, but you like them to be really good. So the fact that you stayed the course with this one shows that you rated it high. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot, much more than I thought I would. And um, I think there was some... Re I, I think it took a while to get going and mm. there, was some, there were some low points. Mm. That's the only reason I haven't given it eight and a half really mm. for the series yeah um the you know what was that one that when i thought was awful and I, would give it <laughs> I think it was pirate island that's the one <laughs> so because there have been some misses yeah um i think you have to be fair when you score yes yeah you know however much you like it i think you've got to be a little bit fair I would definitely suggest, though, if you are looking for something to watch, you haven't watched this series yet, or even if you have watched this series, watch it again. And if you haven't seen the series before, watch it, because it's really funny. It's very clever, and it's deep in a way that didn't need to be. And it's different. Different, yes. Yeah. I would totally say that the original trailer for this this show completely undersold what it was doesn't do it justice. doesn't do it justice no 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 this is brilliant and i highly recommend everyone to watch it and we're excited for season two when it eventually comes in 2030 10 yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's been yeah, I've enjoyed it immensely. Well, I've enjoyed having you aboard. I am now going to set fire ceremonially to the USSR Tantan. I, well, you're not going to be on board. Don't worry. We'll have to buy a new one for next time. We'll have to buy a new one for next time. All it remains for me to say is it's been lovely having you aboard. Uh, uh, As I set the boat on fire, 
please proceed to the exit. Okay, life belt on. Life belt on. Life belt on. Now, we I've are... Got the biscuits. <laughs> now, we are taking a small mid-season hiatus of that means a break i think they know what hiatus is i've got very intelligent listeners I was may i tell you my listeners are some of the most intelligent people on the planet and i know this because they listen to me on the regular i was going to say that <laughs> so we're going to be taking a two-week <laughs> well this is this is pulling up that that break We are going to be taking a hiatus and we will be back on the 6th of May. However, there may be some exciting bonus content during that period. Depends. (laughs) Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. I wasn't talking to you. Goodbye. Merrily, 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 life is fun.